and welcome to the Great British Mickey Waffle, the podcast where we bring you the latest hints, tips and tricks to make your next trip to Walt Disney World the most magical one yet. So I'm Ben and joining me tonight are my fellow wafflers, Claire. Hi there. Hi Claire, how are you? I'm very, I'm very excited because we're talking about our favourite subject this evening uh, when we're recording, oh, which, yeah. you know, uh, apart from our trips and the parks, you know, let's face it, food is right up there at the top of our list. Oh, it always is. It is. And <laughs> always. also join us tonight, as you can tell on camera, is Becca. Hello. <laughs> so, how are you? I'm good. Yeah. I'm I, I, good. I'm I like really the excited. fact that you asked Becca how she is, you know, she's sat next I know. to you. You've just been in together. case. <laughs> I know. Just in case. Just in case I've only just got in from work or something. <laughs> that is true. So, yeah. So, um, our, our focus for today's waffle is something that can be overlooked by some people, especially on their first trip to Walt Disney World. Because I remember on our first trip, we didn't really have any ADRs booked. We, we didn't think about food at all know, until, we got, until we got so out there. That is so true. I mean, like, to be fair, my first trip was in 1991, and I don't think you could book ahead then. I remember going into, uh, you know, um, I'm trying to remember, it is in, in Epcot and trying to book somewhere to eat. I know I've talked about this before, and we ended up eating it um, in Morocco. Um, and that, that was an experience, because that's what was available. You just walked up and... and you know, there was a reservation available. You could just eat wherever you wanted. Yep. So, you know, things have changed slightly, haven't they? Let's face it. Yeah. <laughs> and and we're not on our own tonight. We're honoured to have Dustin from Mouse Dining join us as our special guest this show to discuss, like you said, Claire, one of our favourite topics, all about food. <laughs> Absolutely. Hello, Dustin. How are you? Well, hello. I am doing great. And I agree. Food is a very fun <laughs> topic and I'm excited to talk about it with you. <laughs> Yeah, everything, it doesn't matter what we're talking about, it usually ends up reverting back to food at some point. So, uh, you know, it's one of those things that we are passionate about uh, <laughs> this show. We just like eating, really. With, with, so, with so many sort of options of food, especially when you're thinking of Disney, whether it's snacks, quick service, table service, signature dining, there's so much to delve into. And I think that can scare a lot of people off, especially if it's your first trip. Yeah, especially when it gets to ADRs and <laughs> reservations, and thinking, okay, when it used to be the six months before that panic moment, I've gone, okay, I've got my park tickets, I've got my hotel reservation. Now I'm thinking, okay, there's food. What, what, what does everyone want to eat six months out? Do we know? <laughs> that was it. You know, what, am I, what do I want to eat in August? Uh, who knows? And will the menu be the same? No. Very true. <laughs> that is true. How, how many times have we, we sort of had our plan? not yet gone to laminating the plan and we've gone well that menu's changed and now there's nothing on the menu that i want to eat so it's you always have to change it keep it flexible and did disney do i don't know the system of disney always used to be difficult with the adrs and booking them that you had to phone up or the online system would always be not that easy to use glitchy glitchy that's a that's oh a that's word. a very <laughs> diplomatic way of putting it becca are you just saying well, this you know, is IT is right? Of all of us. I think I might use the word cranky actually. I think it's it's got its own personality. It isn't always particularly helpful. So it says all about the timing, isn't it? Just like, okay, mm -hmm. is timing right? Is I don't know, the wind blowing in the right direction for me to get this ADR or be our guest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's, de so... it's definitely difficult. I didn't know if you wanted me to jump in or not, but it's it's definitely difficult, and um, it's it's 
I don't think it's getting any easier, I guess, is the advice I would give. But I do like your advice that I think you need to be flexible. Even with ADRs, flexibility, I think, just makes for a much more relaxing vacation and not and, and not putting so much pressure on yourself to uh, book these experiences. And Because if you don't get them, your trip's not going to be ruined. I think I, I hear <laughs> otherwise all the time, but that's just that's just not uh, not the, not going to be the case. They're they're amazing experiences, and you should try for them if you can get them. Um, but uh, certainly, don't let it ruin your experience. So I'm it's interested. It's nice to have a no, no, go, go, go. I was going to say it's, it's always nice to have that must. We've always said about other things of like uh, ride attractions. I think food should go in the same way. If you have a like must do list when you've written your plan. And it'd be nice to get them, so don't panic if you don't get them straight away. Because we, we've known, especially in most recent trips since the pandemic, that just open the app and you can get dining reservations on the day. You don't have to plan so much in advance. So it all fits on how your plans work. So don't don't change things just because you can't get that dining reservation that you wanted. I agree. Um, yeah. and, and more recently, I would even add, Disney has made additional accommodations to allow guests to be able to book same day. Um, and I, I don't think that trend will change. I think um, I was listening to one of your earlier episodes and you talked about, you know, I don't know if it's Bob Iger necessarily coming back that's instigating a lot of this, but uh, they are a lot more concerned about the guest experience. And part of that I believe is is being able to surprise and delight guests rather than make it a really frustrating, awful experience. And so I know in very select uh, reservations and, and uh, restaurants, they have set aside reservations that are not available to the general public for those staying on property. Oh, wow. uh, and, I, and again, I don't think that trend is going to change. I think we'll, we'll see them adopt that more and more. But um, they... I think they're aware of that and and trying to make it a better experience overall. I think we've we've definitely noticed that sort of the guest experience seems to be for the forefront of Disney. Yes, especially at the moment, and it it just makes everyone's trip that slightly bit easier, especially mm -hmm. when when they come to planning and when you're there. And but yeah, Claire, what what was it you were going to say? Now I was just going to say that you know I think sometimes. Um, it was back to that point, you know, if you don't get that ADR and, and you know, advanced dining reservations are just that. They're an advanced way of planning your your meal. But as, as Dustin just said, you know, actually now things have changed so that you can cancel within two hours, which is much better than 24 hours and you don't get penalised for that, which means that the, the availability has changed significantly. And I saw that even in December when I was there that actually... I couldn't get booking for somewhere and then on the day or even the day before suddenly things are popping up all the time um and i just i wanted to say that actually i think that people panic they go i haven't got the thing i did it last week i was trying to book you know i am like my uh, do as i say not as i do people um I, last week i was trying to get a reservation for march for trattoria alfordo for breakfast because we're going to epcot and i wanted to have breakfast there and then walking through international gateway but the system was broken it was like there was something wrong with the booking system last week. And I was so frustrated, like every 10 minutes, I'm hitting that button on the computer. I haven't got my resume. It was ridiculous. And two days later, it's there. It's fine. I used a very helpful website that told me when it came available and I booked it straight away. So, you know, it, it was um, yeah. 
you know, as I say, do as I say, not as I do. Don't panic about it. It will happen. And usually I'd say that 85, 90% success rate in terms of getting a reservation, if you're not stuck to a specific time, you can get most days. But if you're going, right, I only want to eat at the Cellier at 7pm on a Saturday evening in the middle of August, you might struggle. But if you go, actually, I'm happy to eat early or eat late, then you're probably going to get something or go at lunchtime. So that's you're far too rational. <laughs> far too rational. That, that makes way too much sense. Except when she's actually comes to booking. Well, yeah, I know. But even even I know this stuff, and I tell people this all the time. And even me sat in there, look at my computer, going, "Why is the system not working? Why can't I book it? Why is it not loading up?" And it is just this moment of my plan that I've made for the three days that I'm there in March isn't going to work. So what can I do instead? And it was. Yeah, I, I moved some stuff around, but it all worked out in the end anyway. Yeah. I, I said, remember that day. I did. I, I, I remember <laughs> our phones like, and Claire's, you, you text me, then Ben, fix it. <laughs> the WhatsApp thing was going, I was like, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> and you managed to get everything else by that yeah. one thing. Yeah. And that was ridiculous because, let's face it, Trattoria Al Forno is a hidden gem, people, um, particularly for breakfast. Um, and I, I think that most people don't, because the character dining isn't happening there at the moment, whether it'll ever come back, who knows. Um, people forget that it's there because it's tucked away around the back of Crescent Lake. And, you know, it's not a big restaurant and it, it probably hasn't got the profile that some of the other places in the area have. If you think about Cape May Cafe or even some of the, the other breakfast area places um, near the park or in the park. Um, and so I was like, this is ridiculous. This is Trattoria Al Forno. Why can't I get a reservation? This is this doesn't make any sense. I think that's what I was saying to you guys. Wasn't it? I was like, this does this yeah. of all the places on my list, this one place makes no sense that I can't get a reservation. That was what was frustrating me because I knew it had to be available. Just I couldn't get to it. Yeah, and we're we're trying to we're trying to make that and communicate that to some of our users as well. So it's not available yet, but what what we're working towards on mouse dining is showing our users uh, and visitors approximately how realistic they should be about the particular dining reservation they're looking for. Um, because you you had a couple of key words in there and that was, um, uh, or, or thoughts and ideas. And that was like, uh, you're not gonna, like don't be so determined to eat at Le Cellier at 7 p.m. on a Saturday in the middle of August because the more flexible you can be on time, the more opportunity there is for you to find availability. So uh, if you happen to get those times, great, but our service, Mouse Dining, works either way. So even if you have reservations and maybe they're not an ideal time or date that matches your schedule, you can still have an alert active looking for that more ideal one. But at least you, what I, what I generally tell guests is just make sure you eat where you want to eat and be flexible on the dates and times. But then once you have one, then you can get a little more narrow focused and, and, and try and get exactly what you want. But if you really want to eat at Cinderella's Royal Table with the princesses, work your trip around that. It's all about priorities. So I, I like what you said, and I can only kind of echo that sentiment and, and again, flexibility. I think I think that's that's one of the, I was gonna say that's one of the things about the park yeah. reservation system at the moment, which is making it slightly more awkward that actually you know the way i i book my trip is i go in and book my park reservations based on 
part profiles and, and how busy it, the crowd calendars and things like that. So I'll go, okay, well, I'm going to go to Magic Kingdom that day. So where am I going to eat while I'm there? Uh, unless there's a specific restaurant that I desperately want to go to and then I'll try and book that first and then the park preservation. But usually mm -hmm. the way it works, because we're buying you know, trips and, and park tickets so far out, you know, a year in advance, quite a lot of people from the UK. Um, it means that you tend to, until park reservations, if the park reservations ever go away, who knows, um, <laughs> you tend to, you know, get tickets, book your park reservations because it feels like you're doing something. And yes, you can change them, but, uh, you know, that tends to be the route that I think most people take. So then you're trying to shoehorn uh, restaurants into the park days that you've organised, where prior to park reservations it was very easy to go well actually do you know what i was going to go to magic kingdom that day but i've actually got my reservation for hollywood brand derby so i'm not going to swap i'm going to go to hollywood studios that day um so i, I kind of think that the park reservation system has made it slightly more awkward certainly in the planning and the trying to coordinate things process yeah i would agree it's always that thing you just want to tick off that next thing that's on the list. So as soon as you've got your tickets, <laughs> park reservations, and it's it, it, it's we're the same. It's we've just gone with we're we've got our trip in June, three quarters of the way through Disney's list of restaurants, and we're trying to choose lots of restaurants that we've not been to before this time because we have a few that we always go to, all, and it'd be nice to try something different. And it's one of those things we know by the time we get there in June, most of them are going to have different um, menus. So it, it's, and it, it's interesting. And, but Dustin, where did um, sort of you begin with mouse dining? Uh, well, mouse dining has been around for, uh, since about 2013, 14. So it, it originally was just a, a, an idea. I have to credit my wife with the idea because she was booking a, a trip for my family and my brother's family. We were, we were going down to Walt Disney World together. And they had some trouble booking some dining reservations. Um, and my wife just said to my brother, like, hey, like, like I, I don't know why I can't just be put on a wait list or they can just call me or text me when something comes available and I'll just book it. Like, that was kind of like the logical thing to do. And, uh, and my brother is a very seasoned programmer. And he's just like, somebody doesn't do that yet? Like, that's... And, and so he, you know, he, he Googled a little bit and was, and, and looked to see if anybody did it. And he's like, it's like, that doesn't seem that hard. And, and how I remember it, we all remember it a little bit differently, but how I remember it is uh, probably about 45 minutes to an hour later, he kind of had like a prototype built. Wow. Like, he's just like, okay, I'm going to Disney site. I'm looking for this and, and it's not available. So, and I know what not available looks like. So if 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 it's anything other than not available just you know send myself an email or a text message or I, at the time it was an email he's like i'll just you know play a little alert or, or log it and say that we saw something different that was not not available and uh and then my wife was the one who was like well can you just like text me that and he's like yeah i can i can probably do that no problem and no kidding like from the time that we kind of had that little conversation to the time we had like a notification that was successful and able to book a reservation was probably like 72 hours. Wow. Um, nice. And so, <laughs> and, and we were like, this is great. So we kept it, we used it for ourselves for, I don't know, six months or so, but the whole time we, we'd invite other people to use it who we found out that we're going down to the parks. Um, but my brother has a software company and I was running 
one of those companies. Um, and we had some developers free. And so we always kind of had the idea of, well, let's make this a service that other people can enjoy. And so it, it took, it took about a year for us to find the time for some developers to free up to do that. But, um, it was, I think 2014 and around September, October, 2014, I think is when we kind of, uh, finally got something ready to go. Um, and, uh, and we, we launched and it was a hundred percent free when we launched, we didn't really know if it was going to be popular. turns out there were a few others at the time, I think, um, that were around, but we just kind of were there. They were all charging money for it, but we were like, well, we, we don't even know what this is going to do. So we let it go and, um, worked on other projects. Our developers got busy. Um, but it was about a year later and I got a, I was going through some of my business expenses on my credit card and I'm like, I've got this texting bill. That's almost a thousand dollars. I'm like, what do we, what did we do that? What do we have? That's using that much texting. And, uh, lo and behold, uh, mouse dining had made the rounds and, and, and got word had spread through travel agencies and whatnot, that there was this tool that helped people do it. And, uh, it was costing us quite a bit of money, but, uh, it worked. Um, so that kind of forced us to, um, kind of give it some attention again and kind of rethink it and, and figure out a way to not lose money running it. And so then we, I kind of came up with a payment plan that kind of made sense, but it's always kind of been operated more kind of like a nonprofit, um, where it, 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 it doesn't make a bunch of money, but it, uh, you know, it made enough to pay the bills. And, uh, so that's, that's kind of how it operated for, um, the last seven years and or so. And then it's only been like the last year or so that I've been able to work on it full time. Oh, so that's kind of the, well, we're very, in a nutshell. we're yeah. very, very grateful for the fact that your we wife are. came up with such a great idea. <laughs> I will tell her you said so. <laughs> uh, it's very useful. Um, ben, yes. Becca, you use mouse dining all the time. Yeah. So we do. Right? We, we were there in um, in December, and it was like it was for we had we had a flexible trip where we hadn't had much planned. It was a very last minute trip that we that that it was, and we were in Hollywood studios and we kept thinking, ah, I wonder if we could get the Fantasmic dining package. And in the end we didn't use it, but I, that morning I set the alert and several times throughout the day, I got sci-fi dining, Mama Melrose, all, all coming through thinking, think, do we book this? Do we book this? In the end, Hollywood <laughs> studios was so quiet. We didn't need to, to worry yeah. about it, but it, it was just know, knowing that we could have done that without having to worry in the park that I would just got a notification on my phone to say that, there you go, your reservation, you can just press this and book it. Didn't the same thing happen with the um, candlelight dining passage? It, it did as well. On Christmas Day on Christmas as Day. well. Yep. And I think, it, I think just that's... Ha having that information straight to the, you, just when that's you're just the key, isn't not it? having it's, to think about it. You do, it's another thing. And I think this is this is the, the really useful thing and the thing that makes it invaluable in terms of trip planning. It's something that I don't have to worry about because invariably if we're traveling with family i'm thinking about well we've got to go here we've got to go there they want to go here they want to do this they want to eat that they want to eat that where are we going i've lost my mind because i need to run with military precision um <laughs> and so trying to get somewhere to eat that's at the right time or in the right place or 
that takes up a lot of brain power. So actually having a system that does it for me and tells me when they found what I was looking for is just the best thing. I wish I had more things like that in my life that just did stuff and told me when they've done it. <laughs> um, <laughs> that for me is the key that actually it's something you then don't have to think about. You set the alerts and it tells you rather than you having to chase those reservations. Yeah, and I, I will add that um, our system isn't perfect. And they're, and the, honestly, the best way, if you absolutely have to have the dining reservation that you're after, the best way to do that is to be sitting at your computer and refreshing Disney's site over and over and over again. I'm, I'm never going, I mean, that's, that's just the truth of it. And anybody who says otherwise is, is just wrong. Um, but for when you can't be doing that, because we all value our time and we all have places to be and things to do, that's when I say use mouse dining. Um, I, I think a lot of people put too much trust in services like ours that are just like, I'm going to set it and forget it. And you guys are going to come through. And those are the people I think that are disappointed. And so I'm trying to get out in front of it and just saying, look, I don't want you to be disappointed. I'm here just to help you get your dining reservations. But I'm telling you, you don't need my service to get dining reservations if you want to sit in your in front of your computer and yeah. refresh all day. Because um, that's going to be the best way to do it. You'll beat us to it. You'll beat competitors to it. You'll beat anybody else trying to do the same thing to it, probably. But for when you can't do that and you need some sanity in your life, <laughs> that's, that's where we yeah. can we can help. Absolutely. And it was more of the flexibility in, in the parks. I was sort of knowing what Disney Wi-Fi is like and just having to just think, I'm in the parks to enjoy being in the parks and doing the, just, I don't know, going on like Rock and Roller Coaster Tower of Terror and then just thinking, okay, if this pops up, that's great. We didn't have anything else booked, but it's there. It didn't tell me if it was it's available. Ben, you're so, far too I... rational. You're, you're far too <laughs> understanding. Yeah. I'm telling you, you guys, you guys nah. are the most are the most <laughs> realistic Disney goers I've spoken to. So, but that's a good. thing. No, we've just been doing this long enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that, that too. Recognize yeah. the things. Um, not there, to there was worry one. Yeah, there was one other thing I, I was going to add, and I, I, I think it's escaping me now. But if it comes back, I'll, I'll bring it up. But there's there's definitely, I mean, I'm full of knowledge and tips on how to do this because we've been doing this and I've been monitoring this for over seven years now. And so I see trends and patterns. Um, in fact, the, the one thing I think this is what I was going to say was um, there's, there's a behavior now with Disney goers that you have to book everything you know, right at 60 days. And if you don't get it, then you're out of luck. And we, we, among us, we know that's not the case. Um, but, um, I think a lot of kind of fear of missing out FOMO is happening where everybody's like, I have to eat at all these places. And here, you know, I'll see people share their schedules in these Disney groups where they're like, they're eating at chef Mickey's for breakfast at 7am. And then they want to go eat at be our guest lunch at 1pm. And then they're planning on a big dinner at La Cellier or something at 7 p.m. And I'm like, that is so much food. <laughs> like, unless, unless you're just nibbling on that stuff, that is so much food. So yeah. the, the behavior that I'm seeing is a lot of people are just like, I think I want to eat there and I'd, I'd like to eat there. But then once they get within a week or two of their trip, reality kind of sets in or they start looking at the budget and how much they're planning <laughs> on spending. And they're like, Oh, that's going to be a lot of money. Yeah. And and so they start canceling. So my message to your listeners would be to um, really the, uh, there's a lot of 
volatility in dining reservations when you're only about two weeks out from your trip. So um, there's a lot of volatility right around that, you know, 58 to 63 day mark when everybody's trying to grab them right at the beginning when they drop there. It's, it's pretty stagnant and pretty slow. Not a lot of activity and volatility um, and from that 58 day mark till, you know, like the 14 day mark, but 14 days to zero days, that's when you're going to see a lot of alerts and, yeah. a, and a lot of notifications. So don't panic. Let let things just play out and and things will be just fine. And the other piece of advice I would give is in the summer, the parks are busy, but people don't generally dine in restaurants at the parks in the heat. They will generally eat fast food, eat on the go. And so dining reservations aren't also as difficult to get during the hot summer months, um, but they are very coveted and very hard to get in those winter seasonal holiday months. So... Especially when there's, there's a, a special, there's a men, there's special menus that they, they changed. That, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's really interesting, Dustin, because I, I know that Ben, Becca and I have all had the same experience, which was that we've all booked a specific restaurant and it's the same restaurant for all of us. And then you get on holiday and you're maybe two or three days in and suddenly you've eaten all the food that you could possibly eat in a year. And you feel like I just can't eat anymore. And we all, all three of us have cancelled that restaurant uh, probably four or five times. And that restaurant is Chef yep. de France in Epcot. Yes. <laughs> it's and always the have, same one, huh? We have never one. eaten there. I've never eaten there. You guys have never eaten there. And it's no, we've booked on every single trip and it's always been cancelled. It's always been cancelled. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. Up until a few years ago when we stopped bothering to book it. <laughs> I, I booked it last year and we didn't go. You know, it's just like, yeah. I keep, I feel bad. I feel slightly bad for the restaurant because I'm sure it's fantastic. Just never. Nah, they're I, doing, they're doing just fine. <laughs> they're doing okay without me. Um, oh yeah. I, I'm really interested to know in terms of the trends and the activity, what are the hot places that people are trying to book at the moment? Are you, are you aware of where the, Ooh. where the people are trying to push to get to is it always going to be Cinderella on a table or is it I reckon is there summer steakhouse 71 so it I I publish this in reddit um if you if you go to reddit and the mouse dining subreddit um I published it I haven't uh, admittedly I have not updated this for probably two or three months but uh last year I tried to make an effort to publish weekly what the top reservations were and so if you go to Reddit, you'll get an old list. I'll, I'll, I'll be sure to update that following this uh, recording, but I'll go update that. But um, let me pull up my dashboard and I can tell you right this moment. All right. Do you guys want to guess what the top one is? I'm still going to oh. Are you? I'm not. I'm going to go Cinderella to our table. And I'm going to go, ooh, I don't know actually. What am I going to go? Hmm. Ooh, or Ohana. Because oh. everyone wants to go yeah. to Ohana. It's one of those that you've already mentioned. Oh. And I say, I'm going to go Ohana as well, actually, I think. Okay, well, I'll stick it's with Cinderella. Topolinos. Topolinos. Is yeah. that Topolinos particularly for breakfast? Does it say? It is for the character meal. I don't have that specific data right in front of me. Yeah. I can dig to get that. But uh, I know that Topolinos breakfast is very popular. Um, yeah. So I would assume that. Over a third, probably more than half of the reserv- or the, the alerts set for Topolino's Terrace in our system right now are for breakfast. Yep. Yeah, because um, we'll have one, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, 
Number two, you guys didn't, did anybody say Space 220? Oh, I didn't think uh, that one makes sense. That's number two. Okay. And that, that wow. was at number one for a long time, but Topolinos yeah. has taken that over through the holiday season. Um, third was said Ohana. Um, fourth, Chef Mickey's. Really? Fifth, Cinderella's Royal Table. Wow. Um, sixth, Space 220 Lounge. And then we visit uh, Disneyland, California at the Blue Bayou Restaurant. Okay. My personal favorite. That's really um, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Those are and Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutiques up there. So since Mouse Dining, I know the site's called Mouse Dining, but we also support activities um, as, such as Savvy's Workshop, uh, Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique, um, Droid Depot, some uh, a lot of the backstage tours and things um, you can set alerts for on our system. But Bibbidi Bobbidi Boutique would be what is that? What were we at? Seven or eight? And then Oga's Cantina and Akershus mm-hmm. kind of round out those top okay. 10. So that's, that's you, guys really were, interesting. you guys got yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. yeah, I think that's just through frustration and trying that we've <laughs> experienced <laughs> that. Um, a harder is always difficult to get. And I, you know, I think it's, it's one of those restaurants that caters for big parties really well. Yes. Um, and it's a nice view yeah. over the lake. And especially breakfast is now character dining. The characters are back for a whole so that makes it a bit more. We've and still never done it. We've still not done it. And who, who doesn't want to go to the Polynesian and grab a drink on the Tiki Terrace first and then go for dinner at Ohana? I mean, that's that's a nice way to spend your evening, isn't it? Yeah, for <laughs> um, us, it's the Dole Whips that bring us to the Polynesian, but yes. Yeah, yeah. and shopping at Boutique. That's amazing too. So, um so where but, would we... uh, so, so I yeah. publish that data. I, okay. I publish that data um, occasionally. I, I need to be better about doing it more frequently lately. But um, I, I I can post that about weekly uh, in in most cases. But uh, so if you need to follow that over time, you can go to that subreddit and follow those posts. And does oh, it change through the I'll... year? I'm interested. Does it does it change and yeah. wax and wane through the year depending on weather, outdoor seating, you know, those types of things, or is it? Is it yes. Um, uh, I mean, if something's in the top ten, it's gonna it's gonna stay up at the top. I mean, th- that's why you guys were able to guess like you know a lot of those up top because mm-hmm. they're just you know they're always popular. But I um, mean, we've got the Woody's with the Roundup Rodeo with uh, yeah, Roundup Rodeo Barbecue. That's gonna be a brand new sit down, and in my opinion, Hollywood Studios is lacking a little bit of kind of dine sit down dine restaurants, and so yeah. I think that's gonna be extremely popular when that lands Mm -hmm. um i think we've got a couple of reimaginings or something of other restaurants that are coming so when those happen those will always kind of shuffle things quite a bit space 220 was a big disruptor because it's as you know it's it's not just a food it's the experience um and so a lot of people are sure we're trying to get into that but i think once people have tried it they're like okay like i know what it is now but and so i think that'll come down as and mm-hmm. other restaurants will come up but um but yes there there's definitely seasonality to it um most of that is dictated by promotions special events holidays and and things and menu special menus and stuff like stuff like that So of your personal experience in the park, do you have any sort of places that you wouldn't you wouldn't recommend anyone to eat? <laughs> wouldn't Apart- recommend. Yeah. We'll go for the I've ones you like, like in a minute, but the like, ones that you Yeah. Because <laughs> because we had this chat earlier and it, we, we couldn't work out there's, there's a few places, but I'll I just want to hear your opinion of what 
please. Yeah, no, I, I like the spin on it. And, and I guess you'll, you'll learn a little bit more about me as a person, but I'm, I wouldn't say I'm cheap, but I'm very value oriented. And so when you go to a character meal and you realize that you're paying like an extra 20 or $30 per person just to have the character experience in addition to your meal, I, I tend to say, I, I tend to try and lead people away. Like, I don't think the character experiences are really yeah. worth it unless your your child or maybe the kid inside you just absolutely has to have that experience and that memory. But um, I, th I think the better values are the non-character experiences, of course. Yeah. But um, I, don't, I don't know that there's any I would say stay away from. Um, and, and like you, I haven't been to all of them. I haven't mm. been to all the restaurants. But uh, I, I, I would tend to, I'm trying to think in my mind of some examples, but I would personally tend to stay away from um, like Chef Mickey's because I think the food's just kind of mediocre and you're paying for the experience and and yeah. and in that case i just want breakfast and i want to get out and get to the park and i don't need the whole experience and I, and honestly it kind of feels like a, a little bit of a disappointment when we go any anyway um not that you shouldn't do it <laughs> yeah. but me personally like i would i would scratch chef mickey's off chef mickey's always confused me because you could go to steakhouse 7101 it was called the wave for a much better breakfast and you're still in the contemporary i know you don't get the characters but you can save an awful lot of money and you get quicker to magic kingdom now the unpopular yes. opinion i would say ohana as well because i love kona cafe uh, um, okay. and, and and even just the quick serve down below i'm going to forget the name of it but the quick serve down below is even yeah. fantastic where you can get the mm -hmm. tonga toast and yeah and captain whatnot. cooks but, yeah. yeah captain cooks um but uh so i would say even like unless you're into the the vibe and really want those character experiences i they're not a good value but if again if you really need and, and require those experiences they're there for you i think that was my surprise on that list that you know the top 10 that chef mickey's was up there because that i have been once and I have to say, I, I wouldn't ever book it again. Not because it was bad. It was like, it's a once and done for me. You know, the food was okay. Yeah. It wasn't anything special. And it was really busy, really loud. Uh, there's lots of high energy activity going on. But actually, maybe I don't want that at breakfast time. <laughs> um, yeah. I think so... it's the Fab Five. I think it's because you get the Fab Five there. Right. And and that's nostalgic for a lot of parents. And they, they're mm -hmm. trying to pass that on to their kids. But their kids might really like Stitch and, and Lilo like a lot better and, and yeah. go have that experience at Ohana or they might like the princesses or, you know, what have, or Rapunzel go to Topolinos, um, mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So it, oh, the other side of that, what would you, what would you think uh, are the hidden gems in terms of dining, whether that's the things that you think people don't remember to book um, or don't know are really great or things that you think probably are underrated in the in the general have you got any personal views on that um yeah i um i personally um I, I mean we use our own service plenty and we we book and eat at a lot of these restaurants plenty but uh my personal opinion and preference is to kind of just some, get some of those nicer to go meals um there's the the place in new orleans where you can get like the bread bowls and soup um, I, I think some of those are really under undervalued um, and uh, like they have like a salmon and couscous and or rice and like I think those are really healthy good meals for a very 
reasonable rate considering you're at Disney on at a theme park. Um, and so that's where my family tends to dine when we're not dining at a restaurant. Um, but, uh, um, other gems as far as restaurants, um, we enjoy at Disney Springs, uh, chef art Smith's homecoming. Um, yeah, great Southern food. We live in Georgia. We're in the South. We didn't grow up here, but we, we love our Southern food. Um, we, we really like, uh, chef art Smith's. Um, we'll almost always go to a, um, uh, a breakfast place and that'll rotate between Ohana, uh, Topolino's, um, and, uh, like Captain Cook's or Kona Cafe. Um, and so Poly, we, we do end up at the Poly a lot. We, we used to own DVC at the Poly, so we would stay there quite a bit. So we're pretty familiar with that, mm-hmm. but, um, th- there's plenty of good hidden gems. When, when we go lately, it's been to experience mostly like food and wine. And so I like, we, we really enjoy just eating the small plates around the showcase. Um, and that's, uh, that's kind of the, the strategy we use now when we go for food. It's like, well, we'll, we'll do all of our dining stuff around food and wine, and then we'll just spend, make sure and spend and be present with the kids and what they want to do in the parks. The other times we're visiting. There's so much variety now at Disney for um, food that I think it's, if everyone had that thing of like, I remember when we booked our first trip, I kept thinking there's a big burger and chicken nuggets everywhere. And that's literally yeah. what I've, what you think. But now uh, uh, we, uh, it's very rare, but we'll go to a quick service and get a burger. It's Nuggets almost hard to find. Yeah. yeah. It, it's when there's so many options that when you think like in Animal Kingdom was the Tuli Canteen, mm-hmm. there's just so much variety in so many different places that I do something offering, something like that. And I know, Claire, you find like um, being vegan that the options, that it's sometimes not easy, but there's definitely a lot more choice than there used to be. 100%. Yeah. I, I think that it's improving and certainly, you know, Woody's Roundup, when I look at the menu for that and the the plant-based options on that, you know, I was like, oh, I'm never going to go there. It's going to be a, a barbecue restaurant. That's never going to suit me. It's going to be great for everyone else and I'll grab something later. Um, yeah. Actually, when I looked at that stuff, I was like, hooray, we've got, you know, proper plant-based food. Um, I think I think the offerings are definitely improving for uh, modified diets and and certainly people who have dietary preferences um and i've i've found that that's been increasingly easy it's still sometimes a bit tricky and uh, you know the conversation we have at home is well where do you want to eat well where can you eat um mm. and and something that i want to eat you know i don't necessarily want jackfruit all the time and i don't eat avocado so it's a case of like where can i eat <laughs> Um, and then we have to try and shoehorn things around that sometimes. But, you know, it, it's about being flexible and saying, well, actually, we're going to go here and we might go there later and I'll, I'll get something somewhere else. But um, I think I think that it, it is an improving picture um, and we will pick out a few places, particularly because they have a good plant based option. Um, I think it's it, it's a changing uh, horizon for the foods. Um, for the food industry across the world, you know, just, yeah. you know, the amount of amount of people that are choosing a plant-based diet for whatever reason is increasing. So I think it's only going to continue to, to change. Yeah, I, I 100% agree and see that trend happening. And um, just people's food choices and selections have become um, very 
not specific in a bad way, but, but it, um, people are just caring about more where the fuel that they're putting in their body and, and Disney, I, I would, I would argue that I think the thing that's changed the most in the last 20 years at Disney is the food and, and how they've catered to modern, uh, diets and eating habits, I think has been rather well received. Yeah, I definitely, yeah. I think the options in, in terms of what's available through the day as well, you know, extended hours for a lot of places, you know, whether that be, you know, people want to eat at different times, actually, and, and some of the food that's available at lounges, I certainly discovered in in December, is outstanding, you know, that I was able to to eat without, without making any reservations some days and just find great places where I could sit and have a drink and have either bar snacks or you know actually a full meal homecoming you can sit at the bar and have what you want and it's it's great um to be able to do that and i think that that increases the flexibility and the options that are available to everyone yeah as a kid i remember going to the parks and i i grew up going on the west coast so i would go to the california disneyland and i just remember every time we went like it was just burgers and hot dogs everywhere <laughs> And that's certain, and, and I've said it before, but I, I it's kind of hard to find a burger and a hot dog on the parks anymore. Like they're, they've definitely expanded their options, given a lot more choice and given a lot healthier options lately. So. Um, Dustin, I've got a question for you. I'm interested to know, are you, have you got any thoughts about extending mouse dining to reach some of the other parts? I'm thinking Disneyland Paris particularly, um, because their dining booking is chaos. Um, I'm allowed to say it. I don't work with them anymore. I stopped at the end of April, <laughs> at the end of January, so I can um, I can say what I want there. Um, their dining process is a free for all because there is no um, financial tie-in. So people will book multiple restaurants for the same day and then just cancel them all or not cancel them at all, which makes it really difficult um, and frustrating. Mm -hmm. So I don't know in terms of whether there's whether you considered re reaching out in some of the other locations. I'm I'm aware of the need and and of one service that I know is already doing this for Disneyland Paris. Um, I haven't probably done a deep dive to understand what it would take for us to implement it, but um, it, uh, I once I spend a little bit more time on the website, uh, I I could probably determine whether or not uh, we could have. Not whether or not, but how quickly we could uh, we could add Disneyland Paris to our assortment of options, um, because it's not a matter of if we can do it. It's just you know how many resources and if it's worth it. But um, we can. It's it's something on my list to explore, and because mm -hmm. you're bringing it up now, I will I will take another look at it because I I looked at it probably honestly back in like October, uh -huh. and uh, when when I think I saw this other service come available. And I was like, oh, I didn't even realize dining reservations were really a problem in a lot of the other parks. But, you know, if you're telling me it is, I'll, I'll definitely have a look. I think I think the, the dining culture is so different in, in Europe and particularly in France, where, you know, uh, if you go to even a, a signature restaurant in Walt Disney World, you know, if you, I'm trying to think like Yachtsman Steakhouse or somewhere, you might spend an hour and a half. Maybe Citrico's, you might spend, you know, 90 minutes having dinner. And that, you know, that's a fairly sensible time. Might push it maybe to to an hour and three quarters, maybe. In in Disneyland Paris, it is absolutely normal for people to sit for two hours having lunch. 
and the service speed the service speed is uh designed for you to spend that amount of time um shall we say and it and that and that means that actually reservations are tricky because they are lengthy they're not trying to push people through or they might be trying to create volume but actually the culture is doesn't necessarily lend itself to that so it can be um a tricky certainly some of the newer restaurants are thinking um certainly in the the art of marvel hotel the manhattan restaurant and um the 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 diner there they're really difficult and initially when it opened they they kept those reservations just for those hotel guests and you couldn't get them but now it is open to them but you can't you know it's like desperately trying to get a reservation you just can't get them it's like the br guest five years ago um yeah so, it, it's interesting, Claire, like you said, it, when we went to Disneyland Paris um, in 2019, when we went to Silver Spurs Steakhouse, lovely restaurant, but the whole experience from checking in to us leaving was three hours. Yeah. And that, that's... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. We got that, our, our reservation was at two o'clock and we yeah. left at quarter past five. Yeah. And that was my experience with Waltz last year, you know, and it's, it's like yeah. premier restaurant. But it's a lengthy old time, you know, you've got to be prepared to take a section out of your day. And so I think that one of the challenges with that is trying to, the turning the tables in the restaurant can be tricky, I guess, because you, you're you know, trying to push people through the, the service. Yeah, I, I quickly pulled up Disneyland Paris's dining page and the content in the pages look the same. But um, if I can just better understand where you go to book these, whether it's in an app or somewhere else, maybe once you're logged into the website. Um, I, I, I can explore it and probably give you a pretty good answer, um, uh, as, as to whether or not, uh, we'll be able to do it quickly. Cool. That's, that's, it's, I just, it's just a question that I was interested to know whether that's something that had come up or not. No. And... It, it has, it really hasn't come up from customers, but it is something that because there was a competing service that did this and provides this for Disneyland Paris. Again, the thought never really occurred to me that dining reservations were difficult in any of the other Disney parks. I've not mm-hmm. been to any of the other parks, and uh, and I and I, I've heard that their parks are rather empty. So I just kind of thought it was wasn't even really a problem. But um, because and so that's what piqued my interest is when I saw somebody else needing a service like ours for Disneyland Paris. I'm like, oh, is it is it actually kind of hard to get some reservations there? So, but if it is, um, I'm, I'm there is an app that you can book on. There's that Paris okay. app is so yeah. and I think for for you know the people that listen to our podcast, a lot of them are UK based, and therefore Disneyland Paris is our local our local park. Um, you know, for us, it's a, a two and a half three hour journey from home, um, which means sure. that you know it it there's probably an appetite potential. Look at that! I thought I'd do that you know, using <laughs> appetite. the appetite, uh, for a service maybe in a lo- local to us like there would be for. Disneyland and Disney World. Well, on behalf of the British, the Great British Mickey Waffle podcast, I will take a look at that, and you guys can tell you, can, you guys you can much. tell everybody um, we are the ones who push mouse dining to to get this set up for Disneyland Paris. Thank you very much. If you could visit any of the other Disney parks out, out of the US, which one would be your first one to visit? Um, I had I I actually did have plans to visit both Tokyo and Shanghai um several years ago but uh my brother and i were gonna go but his wife got sick and we were unable to complete that trip and and she passed away later but um but that that was something we wanted to do but disneyland paris is also right up there we 
my, my wife and I visited um, a lot of Europe this past summer, and we definitely want to make it back. Excellent. And in terms Disneyland's of... on our bucket list. It's somewhere you, we've you've not You've got a plan, been. haven't you? We've, we've got a plan. It's, it's just... A, yeah. You have a tentative plan. Yeah, tentative changing. plan. changing. <laughs> yeah. I've been to Disneyland, but not for a very long time. I went before Disney California Adventure existed. So, uh, yeah. Oh, uh, okay. I'll, I'll get back at some point. But um, I've got... Yeah. We also had plans for, COVID, you know, just before COVID hit to, to do a trip and include Aulani and stuff and that... That didn't happen and it's still not back on the cards but you know in the future it will be um i'm interested in your 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 disney journey dustin how did how is, is it somewhere that you, you said you grew up on the west coast going to disneyland is is that is that just always been part of your your life and your family and something that you you decided would continue when you had your own family is that part of just daily life for you uh, yeah, gr growing up, um, so I grew up in uh, just north of Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, uh, so near the West Coast, Disneyland was probably a you know fourteen hour drive or so, um, and so we would make that uh, pilgrimage every couple of years. I think growing up, so my parents would spoil us. But um, um, I, I am, I still to this day am more in love with the film and the story of Walt Disney and his films more so than the parks, to be honest. Um, I enjoy the parks, uh, but I, I enjoy them for very different reasons than a lot of probably your listeners and um, the the general public that goes to the parks regularly. But um, I, so my love is for Disney is more, you know, I grew up in the classic era of uh, Little Mermaid, Lion King, Aladdin. Uh, and so those those films were something that we just wore out VHS tape after VHS tape <laughs> watching those growing up. And the music and the animation amazed me. And so um, I don't get to express it a lot lately, but the, I, I do um, enjoy art and I draw. And, and so I would draw Disney characters all the time when I was young um, because I loved them so much. Um, and uh, uh, so th that's kind of where my, my anchor is in Disney is more in the film and storytelling and, and over the years and, and, being a part of mouse dining now for several years, it's really given me a new appreciation for Walt himself um, as an entrepreneur and building his business and having his dream and, and seeing his dream come to fruition. Um, and so I enjoy that aspect of it as well. But the parks are probably third in that line. And, and that, that surprises a lot of people, but that's, that's kind of my personal journey. But uh, the, the other half of that is when I was in uh, junior high and high school here, I, uh, my, my goal and my mission in life was to become a, an animator at Disney um, and eventually Pixar when Pixar approached the scene. So that's, um, that's kind of my, my, my tie to Disney and all of this outside of the parks and, and mouse dining and what I do today. I love that. But just just how it ties everything is all together, doesn't it? It's just we will have that thing, whether it's the parks, whether it's films. But I just remember growing up, like like you're saying, with Lion King, Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast. They were just that was our childhood. Yeah, core memories, aren't they? That they sit there watching yeah. that, and you know, just um, I think I think those those cl that classic golden era, the those particular movies. There was such a shift in terms of the. The, the type of film that was coming out and I remember you know I, the first 
Disney movie that I saw, I went to see the Aristocats at the cinema. Um, and I, I remember telling these guys that I, my brother, he's four years older than me. Um, my dad took him to see Empire Strikes Back um, at the cinema and I was too young to see it. So I went to see the Aristocats. That was, and I really remember this so clear. I, I must've been really young. Um, uh, and you know that for me is still a movie that I I adore the Aristocats and it's really nostalgic for me and I, I think it's you know we all have those particular things that we love um, and that are, mm. are sort of triggers for us in terms of our memories so that's it's really interesting to hear that that's your uh, the animation journey is that the, the bit that really that's hooked you and, and kept you interested um, yeah. I think we're all we're all in the same position in terms of respecting the journey that Walt went on and we talked about that. Um, a little bit recently actually and in terms of uh, even one man's dream in in uh, hollywood studios and how yeah you know, we feel it should be a mandatory requirement for everyone who goes there should go in and watch that film but uh, <laughs> but i think you know that the, the disney history stuff i know that um a couple of us are, are really geeky about the disney history stuff so there's so many facets and elements of the the company and all the different things that happen that there is something for everyone whether that be animation, music, history, parks, food, whatever it is, I love finding how what the hooks are for different people. Yeah. yeah, and that and that's why I appreciate your question because a lot of people just assume, hey, you're a Disney fan, and so they kind of categorize you in that person that like, you know, has to be at the parks all the time and knows. Uh, and and I, I get this just because I'm part of mouse setting, but every uh, I I feel a little um out of not out of place but um outclassed by by folks like you because you guys know the news you guys follow the news of what's happening in the rides and the parks and and the news and, and follow the announcements and i just i don't um and uh and so i i i've hired people to do that for mouse dining because <laughs> i i don't um and so but it but i agree that that uh we shouldn't lump everybody together. If you, if you enjoy Disney there, there's Disney is so large and so vast that you really need to understand what part of Disney is it that they really enjoy. And I think that's a fair question. So I appreciate that. Yeah. We all have a, we all have a different box to tick. Yeah, um, that's true. In terms of just going back to mouse study for a minute. So I think earlier on, you mentioned that um, there, the initially it was, it was completely, free to use and i know that um there is obviously the the free element which is that you know you can have up to a certain number of alerts set can you tell us a little bit about the structure of the the company beyond the free bit what what else can you do so tell us a little bit sure. about how we can use the website to the to the best of its ability so at the um I'll, I'll back up just a little bit but the so when the service was free um we again didn't really have any expectations for it but um, we more or less were just trying to offset the expenses that we were incurring as a result of the service. And so um, I took a close look at that time of, you know, which users of ours were um, costing us the most, and it was travel agents. And so we've gone through a couple um, different iterations of pricing over the years, but at that moment in time, my biggest pain point was like, I've got travel agents that are, you know, receiving 4,000 texts a month. And, you know, that cost me quite a bit of money. So how can I offset my expenses at, with just them as my target audience for paying for the service? Because 
we always intended for a version of the service to be free because we feel and I feel Disney feels like there you shouldn't have to pay for a service to give yourself an advantage over others. Um, a lot of competing services to mouse dining don't have a free version. And I think those, those folks are not seeing the bigger picture. Um, they're, they're more or less kind of looking for a, a grab at some quick cash, um, where mouse dining has been very mindful of the audience going to the parks. Disney's wish to make the, uh, make the service better, but not really cost anymore. And so I've committed and I will, I'm committing still that mouse dining will always have a free version um, where you, where you can enjoy the service at no cost in some limited capacity. But um, back to your question about, you know, what do you get if you choose to pay? Um, so the free version includes email alerts only because texting is mm -hmm. what's so expensive these days and it just keeps going up to be honest. Um, and so we, we allow you to set six alerts and six was just some arbitrary number that we felt was enough to rotate through the number of restaurants you needed to, um, without limiting you too much. Um, so if you wanted like one restaurant really bad, you could set alerts for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for two days, right back to back. And you'd probably find something again and be, and be successful with that. Or you could spread them out and have one a day or two over three days or, you know, it gave you some flexibility of how you wanted to plan your trip. Um, but the other, the other, and, and so texting was costing us the most. And so that's what we had to ultimately charge for. Well, um, I kept running the service um, where texting was included as part of the free plan for up until about two years ago is all. And so our texting bill grew to over $10,000 pretty quickly a month. And so, um, again, this was, this was just like, we're barely making what we're, what we're spending. And so, um, it just wasn't a healthy relationship. So about two years ago, um, I made the tough decision, um, to remove texting from the free plan and make that a paid only thing. And that's really when it's, it's given us enough breathing room to add new features, improve the service. Um, uh, we're, I've got a mobile app that I'm about to launch. So mouse dining will have an iOS mobile app here in the next few weeks. Um, but it's allowed us to expand the service a lot more beyond just what we started out to be. So, um, that's exciting. But the, the, but the, the $9 a month is what is what it costs or $90 for a year. So you get 12 months for the price of 10, but that will include up to 50 simultaneous alerts, which is more than enough for most people. Um, some travel agents have still needed more cause they have a big client list, which is fine. Um, but, um, you'll get unlimited text notifications. Your alerts will auto renew. And all that means is that once we send you an alert, we don't assume that that alert was successful for you. And so we'll keep sending them to you until you tell us to turn it off. That was more or less a mechanism for us to, for cost savings for free users who would activate our service, leave their alert on, get their reservation, and then just keep getting alerts and costing us money. So that auto renew feature 
because you're now paying us money, like helps us cover those costs. So now we just let those run until you turn those off. Um, and then we do support international texting for your listeners um, through the paid plans. And uh, when there's advertising on the site, you shouldn't be um, subject to advertising on the site when you when you're a subscriber. So and just are, imagine how, how many um, reservations I can fit in, like how, how many <laughs> alerts I need for the reservations we've got in June. <laughs> 50, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, 50 should be. Well, it, it used, and again, we've gone through several iterations of this, but it used to be, I think it was six and then 20 and then 50 and then 100. And I just wanted to simplify everything a couple of years ago when I started doing this full time. I didn't want like, eight different pricing plans all with different things. So I said, hey, just 50 for everybody. And at the time, I think we had five, 10, 15, 20 and $30 plans. And I was like, you know, it's just $9 for everybody. Like, I just wanted to simplify it. And, and honestly, it's been the best decision for the company since because, again, that's that's really what's allowed us enough profitability at this point to now reinvest that money back into improving the service, expanding the service, into the mobile apps. And then uh, there will be new features rolling out on the mouse setting app that will tell you uh, a history of your notifications in your dashboard. Um, I'm trying to think what else is coming, but I've got a, I've got a developer that's helping me do all this and, and it, you know, it's 30 to 60 days away is all. So we've that's, been, we've been working on this for a while. That's really exciting. I'm looking forward to that. And, yes. and you know, I've got, I've got I another trip wait. in this another trip in the summer for three weeks uh so i might well use all 50 of those notifications <laughs> yeah um, and if you guys and your listeners have any tips that i'm missing because i mean i'm i'm in the u.s and most of our users are in the u.s but if i'm missing anything for any of the european travelers or other international travelers um let me know i i'm always available to be reached through the contact form submit your ideas your suggestions and that's how a lot of this stuff kind of comes to be is i I have a list of, uh, you know, just different uh, requests that have been made. And, and once those requests, like once one really starts to see like enough requests, I'm like, okay, let's start looking in, uh, to see what, what it would take to do that. That's a great opportunity. And I'm sure that, you know, there'll be people who are listening who will go, oh, actually, yeah. I know yeah, what we do. need. <laughs> yeah. Please do. I can think of at least three people that are probably going to be downloading the app. So... Well, the, there's three of us here. Three of us here. Right, <laughs> well, said at least. At least, I, I think that, yeah. the, you know, having, we're, we're so um, mobile phone culture centric now, aren't we? Let's face it. Having something that alerts me when something is available um, or when something's happening is just part of the day to day now. Um, yeah. So I actually, you know, having having an app that tells me what's going on is going to be brilliant and, and it will fit with all the other stuff that's going on you know you've got your device in your hand unfortunately most of the time now so yeah i can see the the draw and, and the benefit of having an app so that's really exciting thank you i i will send you uh, a link um probably within the next week or two so you guys can download the first version that we've got it's it, it works and, and it's very simple right now but the design hasn't been fully implemented yet but that way we can get you guys to use it and uh, for your trip and, and you can benefit yeah. from that but then um you guys can give feedback on that as well oh, fantastic that'd be great yeah. good 
I have to admit, I'm really hungry now. All this talk of food is making me hungry. <laughs> it's too oh. late there. You can't eat there. Oh, I can eat, but whether it would be a good idea or not. And maybe nothing better. <laughs> you might regret There's it. There's chocolate yeah. in the cupboard. But yeah. yeah. Oh. But yeah, I want to say thank you, Dozen, for joining us. And I'm just going to wrap up the show. But, um, it, it's, it's been amazing. And where can people find everything to do with mouse dining? Uh, so mouse dining, the service can be found in any browser at mousedining.com. Uh, you can Google mouse dining and we should come right up at the top. Um, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, maybe a couple others, but uh, um, there'll, there'll be some variations of mouse dining. I think they're mouse.dining or mousedining.com or mousedining.com. Um, but those links are also on the bottom of our website if you want to follow us there. Um, and I will say for those that do follow us on Facebook specifically, I chime in there often. And when, when I'm testing a new feature or have questions and feedback, that's really the first place I go to to make announcements that, hey, we have a mobile app. Do you guys want to download and help me test the mobile app before we market it and, and you know make it available to the rest of the world? So you do get some, some access there to um, our group. But, but I have a, I have a, a content team Courtney she handles a lot of our our blog and content and social media stuff and she would love you to and she produces a lot of good quality content and cherry picks all the stuff about Disney food and puts it on our page so if you if you love Disney food and and want to follow us um, Facebook and Instagram and uh, Twitter are the places to go and, and follow us there and you'll get those updates oh that's, that's great so thanks for tuning into the Great British Mickey Waffle. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and that it brought a little bit of Disney magic into your day. So if you want to stay up to date with all things Mickey Waffle, be sure to follow us on social media at GB Mickey Waffle. We're on Facebook, TikTok and Instagram. So you can also email us on waffleon at gbmickeywaffle.com with any comments, questions or ideas for future episodes. Because I know we've got a list of stuff we've got coming up. But if there's anything that anyone would like to let us know, just, just get in contact and let us know and we'll add it to our our future show list so and um, what sorry claire i thought you were about no, to say no. something no <laughs> so um, if you enjoyed the show please consider leaving us a racing review on your podcast app and don't forget to share the show with your friends so for even more mickey waffle fun be sure to check out our youtube channel and subscribe so i think there's just one thing left to say waffle on waffle, waffle on, on. Waffle on. Thank you for taking the time to listen or watch our interview with Dustin, the CEO of Mouse Dining. We're very happy to announce that we can offer you a free month of the paid plan of Mouse Dining, which includes 50 alerts to help you find those sometimes difficult advanced dining reservations. So to use the code, head over to mousedining.com and select the monthly plan. Make sure to use the code BRITWAFFLE and your first month will be free. So thank you again to Dustin and everyone at Mouse Dining for making this possible. Have a great day and waffle on.